job, Sean. Good singing. This is Crystal Escobar and Sean Escobar. Episode number 63, Use Anger to Create Change. Or we're trying to decide, Transform Anger? What's the best title? Transform Your Anger. Or use your anger for good, as a force for good. That's what this episode is about. Welcome to the Wannabe Balanced Podcast. Encouraging you to become the best version of yourself as you strive for balance in motherhood and business. Self-made millionaires, Sean and Crystal Escobar, will help you discover your passion and offer valuable insight into how you can make your dreams come true. And now your host, author, blogger, YouTuber, and wannabe balanced mom, Crystal Escobar. Okay, Sean. Focus. The reason why we're doing a topic on anger is for Sean's anger management. (laughs) Sean can get a little angry, but we're learning that anger can actually be used as a force for good. So... My angry husband, Sean, (laughs) is going to teach us some lessons about how anger really can be used for good. And I've been kind of researching it because I, I feel like I've read conflicting things and learned different things about anger that caused me to believe that anger was always bad, like never be angry. But then I've, um, heard more recently how anger can actually be used it's a, it's a powerful, it's a really powerful energy and it, you can actually use it as like your main energy force or main um, power to motivate you to take action toward something that can actually help others. So what do you think so far? What do you think about anger? I'm conflicted at this point because I don't know, I've always been... My anger's got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I've also discovered that people do not like angry people. So I think I know what you mean when you say, you know, using that that built up, pent up emotion to fuel good things, positive things. I feel conflicted though because anger to me is ugly, right? I, like I still have that. Yeah. I still kind of have that stigma around anger. So yeah. maybe it's because my anger has got me into a lot of trouble and caused me some regret in my life. Well, one thing that I can add to that is that I think that you have been figuring out how to use your anger for good because the way that you've evolved over the past year, you know, the way that you share things on social media and express yourself it has really evolved, and I think that a lot more people are resonating with it. They're feeling inspired, and so I mean, I've I've all I think you only like maybe the first month or two where you kind of had some ang- more. It was more like anger that um, it was like unbridled, right? Like yeah, it was crazy. unbridled, and I always felt a little uncomfortable with it. Like, are you sure you want to say that? You know, like a little nervous. Like, is that effective? But Overall, I think the majority of what you post is just really blunt and really out there and it's honest. So I think people appreciate that. And that's how I I can see that your way of using your anger around the whole church and everything and the um, feeling that we've been deceived and 
lied to and what is the church done? What is that word? I don't know. I once heard that, you should never finish a woman's sentence for her. <laughs> well, um, what's the word? You know, like Joseph Smith was pedophile. A... <laughs> Con man. Uh, yeah. Pervert. Uh, <laughs> you know, like taking people's money. Oh, fraudster. Yeah, fraud. That's the word. <laughs> wow, that was a tough word. Crystal excelled in English class. <laughs> Okay, so we've been, we've been, um, so this is interesting because I have recently, I've been trying to encourage a lot of people that have suffered sexual abuse. Um, I've been trying to encourage them to come forward and to confront their abusers and, and so on. Uh, today there was a, a nice woman who, um, basically said, uh, what is the point? Nothing will change. Now, this coincided with another story where a woman said that, you know, this this doctor had done such and such to her. And I couldn't help but think to myself, what are you going to do about it? Um, that's just kind of what I've stepped into, um, the place that I'm at. And I, I didn't ask her because I didn't want to make her feel pressure. Um, but I think that... Anger, for instance, if you were ever sexually abused or um, violated, there's a tremendous amount of anger um, towards that situation and that person, isn't there? And so how can that be a positive, I wonder? Um, For me in my life, the anger around that uh, actually did um, ultimately give me courage to do something about it, I think. Um. But I don't know that it was anger, Crystal. I mean, it's more its more like, I think when we left the church, I think that that, that gave me courage to confront other things. That's all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to say that I was that. Yeah, I was angry. Yeah, I was. About the church? About the church, thing? about the sexual abuse. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I've, I've been very angry about all of that. But not like belligerent. I think I've learned in my life that you don't get far, you know, being a belligerent fool and, you know, and, and being uh, out of control, angry. People don't respect that. People don't respond to that. Uh, people actually, I've noticed this. I've noticed that when, there, when there's too much anger, even if someone's right, if they express too much anger, then they actually, it has an adverse effect. People, even though you're right, they'll still uh, disagree with you and side with the person who's wrong mm-hmm. because they don't like anger. Yeah. So I think that it's just a matter of self-discipline, learning to harness that energy that yeah. comes from anger, which you're, you're going to teach us is pretty powerful energy, mm-hmm. and then direct that in a positive way. Exactly. You said that perfectly because, yeah, like anger, when you think of anger, we think of like, you know, people getting into fights, people calling names. Um, That's how war is caused. So I think that, you know, we we acknowledge that we have the emotion and we have two choices. We either use it to bring about change to help others or we can use it to go to war. You know, of course, I think that we have some intention of 
you know, exposing the church and in a way that might seem like we are going to war with the church. But I think that in our opinion, it just feels like there's just so many people that are trapped in this way of thinking and believing and they don't. And we feel that it is unethical the way the church teaches you know, it's not just this is a, w- a nice way to live your life and be kind to people. If that was the case, then how could we say anything negative against about that? It's about the fact that they, you pretty much have an ultimatum. You either follow the commandments and live a happy life, what they say, or, you know, get to live with your family eternally and be back in the presence of God or you don't follow and you get to live with (laughs) Satan in hell and outer darkness. And that's scary. So I just don't think that that's a fair or even an ethical way of leading people because you, they literally have no choice. They have no choice, but to follow exactly what the prophet is saying. And so in our opinion, we just feel like it's, it is, our duty at this point, because we are aware of so much now, to to do our part in, you know, paving the way for those who are feeling like they are going against their intuition by being a part of the church. And they can't they can't um, identify what that feeling is yet. You know, in in the church, I didn't know that this constant nagging feeling that I had was my intuition trying to say, do you really want to be in this religion? Do you really agree with this? Does this feel right to you? So I didn't know what it was. I just thought there was just something wrong with me. I needed to pray more, read my scriptures more, serve more. And I didn't realize that it was just my intuition trying to lead me to more enlightenment and understanding. So I think that with with our experience and having a lot of anger around how the church deceived us and how they continue to deceive so many people and take their money and um, pretty much take away all their free agency, which is funny because I, I feel like I, people in the church are like, you, you know, like with your, um, your whole tithing post. And then I posted uh, recently about, you know, wanting to get a tattoo. And I said something about, like now I get to finally choose and I get to do whatever I want to do. And somebody made a comment was like, why did you, why are you acting like the church forced you to do this? And there was like tons of people that were saying the same thing about your tithing post. You didn't, you weren't forced to pay that tithing. And, and it was frustrating. It's, it's really frustrating for me when people say that, like they didn't force you to do that. You have, you had a choice. You always had a choice. And I'm like, well, if you, if the alternative is that you're going to go to outer darkness, then that is no choice. There's That is not a choice. Nobody would choose that. So you do feel trapped and like you do, you don't have a choice. You have to follow those, those commandments and those rules that they have. What I think is in our best interest when we get those negative comments is to not lash out and, and engage in the argument of who's right, you know, like, I love that we can both post what we want in in our own words and express exactly our experience and our thoughts and our beliefs. 
but we don't have to go to battle necessarily. We don't have to fight and we don't have to argue. And I think in the beginning, you and I felt very tempted to to argue, you know, and sometimes we'd participate in arguing a little bit. But I think you and I both knew that this is not helpful to sit and argue back and forth on social media of people that will just just don't get it. They don't they won't get it until they've gone through what we've gone through or until they're willing to look at the information and be open to it. So it doesn't do anyone any good to sit and argue on social media. And that stirs up a lot of like anger in a negative way that is not useful for anyone and just gets you more fired up and (laughs) makes you feel even more like, I need to prove that I'm right. I'm going to tell you how right I am and how wrong you are. I responded in a kind way, just explaining myself when that woman was saying how you always had a choice. The church didn't force you to not get a tattoo and all that stuff. So I just had to, I felt like I had to express my opinion, but I wasn't trying to be mean or or start up up an argument, but she wanted to. She kept trying to come back at me. So I just stopped. And um, so that's where I think that we can get into trouble with anger. But I love how Marie Forleo says that, Anger can be used to create change. She says, anger is just energy and all energy can be transformed. It can be used as fuel to help others by speaking up and for the purpose of protecting others. And I think that is where our motivation lies. We know that there's many others who aren't in the position to speak out about such things. You know, there's just too much at stake or they're just not ready. They're afraid. So we're doing our part by, you know, in our little way among all those other people that are doing what we're doing to help pave the way for those who aren't in a the same situation to where they, they can speak up about such things. So Sean's very passionate about the, the whole sex abuse within religious organizations. And I'm, I think I'm real passionate about the, the lack of free agency in their teachings and how I felt so trapped for so many years and yet we're taught all the time that we have free agency. <laughs> so they can contradict themselves a lot and I just don't think it's fair. You know, teach that they have the only way, the the only way to God and to have eternal life with your family. Yeah, so you do, you start to get angry. Um, Crystal was pointing out that people are suffering abuse and my whole life I've felt very angry when I see people getting abused sexually, um, in any way I physically at school, um, I, I got in a lot of fights defending other people because these bullies would pick people that couldn't defend themselves. And so, and I've seen a lot of this bullying online. You and I have a group called Mormon enlightenment and we've, it's not like this, this anger is just still there. No, We've stayed, we've kept our hand on the pulse. We have stayed, you know, in the trenches, so to speak, and we're familiar with all the stories. So the one girl that posted today that, you know, or yesterday, she she posted that, you know, her husband needs emergency surgery and she needs someone to watch her kids. And she turned to her parents because she assumed that, uh, you know, that was her kind of go-to. And they said, we can't we can't because we're, we have a church responsibility at the time. And it just infuriates you when you see this kind of stuff 
on a daily basis, not a little. I think in that group we get, you know, maybe like 70 to 100 posts a day. And a lot of this stuff is abuse and a lot of it is traumatic. And it's it's very, very, um, you want to come to these people's aid. Now, how do we do that? So if you're talking about how have we used anger, hopefully to try and make a difference, is exactly what you said, Crystal. It's like we've decided that it's worth the risk. It's worth the lost friends. It's worth the lost income to defend these other people. And we know there's other people that are in the church hiding. I hear from part member uh, people all the time, right? Like today there was a post, really, really rough post by this one woman and her husband is just being very, very abusive in terms of not letting her believe what she wants to believe. Uh, it's hard to read that and not get angry. Mm-hmm. The other thing about sexual abuse, you mentioned sexual abuse for me, and I think I know what happened um, as I was reflect reflecting um, when I got out of the church, re- realizing that, hey, you know, what else, what else would I change in my life if I could? Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of gave me permission to leave the church, which I'll be forever grateful for. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking, what else would I change? Well, I started asking around about, you know, Sterling Van Wagner, my sexual abuser, and I wanted to know what had the church done with him? What had, how had they disciplined him? What was the, uh, you know, the, how do you say rehabilitation in that? And so come to find out he was, he had directed the most recent, uh, church temple videos. And I didn't know if that was true, but it infuriated me. Mm-hmm. If it were true, I mean, I'm talking out of control anger. Okay. So believe it or not, I probably wouldn't have gone down that road of, you know, I sent the church a letter in September asking him, you know, uh, did he direct the temple videos? And I never heard back. And so it, it was a few months later, I was like, Hey, if they're not going to accommodate me, if they're not going to even give me the decency of an explanation, then we go this route. And, um, yeah. So I never probably would have gone down that road if I didn't have this burning desire, you know, this burning energy. And you're right. Anger can be a very strong, strong, concentrated form of energy. Yeah. And I think you did channel that energy in a very healthy way because you didn't, it's not like you went and tried to ruin this man's life because you're so angry like your anger was really motivated towards helping any other victims and so I think that's what we need to realize about anger and how you can understand the difference between the uh, negative way of of using that energy of anger or channeling that anger into something that actually helps people and I'm sure many of you know the whole story of what came about with that whole thing. It was in the New York Times, uh, Sean's story, and how um, after Sean came forward with the recording, there was also, then someone else came forward, another victim came forward, and then now he's serving time in prison because of that. So that is just a beautiful example and story of how the anger um, has saved people. Yeah, and, and on par with that, uh, he lied to me about a couple things when I sat with him. 
and I knew. I knew what he'd lied about. One of those things being the temple videos. And, and so you're right. At that point, I thought, what else is he lying to me about? Are there other victims? You know, is he lying? So, yeah, kind of all un- unfolded from there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another quote that I really loved that I found by Man- uh, Maya Angelou, she says that use that anger, you write it, you paint it, you dance it, you march it, you vote it, you do everything about it. I love the visualization of that because I think I've also read um, multiple times that a lot of like our most famous artists have found their masterpiece through their anger, whether it be like a dance that they made up, a song, an art of a painting. It it does a lot of it does come from anger. So that is one another example of expressing that anger in a way that actually serves others. I wrote this down in my notes and I don't know where I heard it, maybe in a video or something when I was doing some research on this topic. And I wrote, repressing our anger can repress our creativity. And I think that really ties into the whole quote from Maya and that it's not, we've been taught, I think our whole lives that you need to suppress that ener- that anger you don't you shouldn't be mad you shouldn't be angry and well at least in my mind I've always thought like anger's bad anger's bad don't be angry and but actually by repressing that anger you're actually re- actually repressing a lot of creativity I found another quote by Jeffrey Russell Jeffrey and, R. Holland yeah <laughs> when I read that I was like or Russell M. Nelson <laughs> <laughs> And it even talks about Satan, which is not really something that I, I don't believe in Satan as this evil entity, but I like the way this man describes Satan. Satan is the symbol of creativity, activity, and energy struggling to be free. I like that. And then another quote by Rollo May says, creating, actualizing one's possibilities always involves destructive as well as constructive aspects. It always involves destroying the status quo, destroying what one has clung to from childhood on, and creating new and original forms and ways of living. Every experience of creativity has its potentiality of aggression or denial toward other persons in one's environment or towards established patterns within oneself. I really love the, the lyrics from Speechless from the Aladdin soundtrack. I wanted to read the lyrics because it really, really describes like our passion around why we can't leave the church alone. (laughs) We've left the church and we just can't leave it alone. And I'm going to read the lyrics unless you want to add anything else. Yeah, but we're not just, that's not really, I would say that the church is not really the target. Yeah. I don't think that. I mean, the church unfortunately is is this governing body or organization that is causing people harm and it's causing people to be unhappy and unfulfilled and and it's causing a lot of trauma and abuse and so our aim is to make it safe for people that are just like us just like we were make it more safe and you know okay to leave 
Yeah. Or, or like to cause change within the church. Like maybe it's not necessarily about like tearing the church down, but like Sam Young, I love his whole motivation is not geared towards let's tear the church down. It's like, let's make some changes. So if we can speak up and speak out for, you know, members of the LGBTQ community, for post-Mormons, for victims of sex abuse and or women of the church who feel suppressed, I feel like we've done, we've done our part. You know, we're doing our part by being that voice for others. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Young, just for those of you that don't know, he was the bishop. I think he's from Texas and he was a bishop in the Mormon church and he always had to meet with, uh, you know, teenagers and he was instructed by the handbook to ask them sexual questions like, do you masturbate? And, uh, do you ever do this or that? Or have you ever seen pornography? And in, in a closed room setting with no other adults in the room, um, you know, one-on-one interviews with youth and asking sexual, sexually explicit uh, questions. And he just decided that this was wrong. He felt like it, it, it doesn't feel right and I don't agree with it. And then he started to learn about all the different abuse stories relative to, you know, adult men, patriarchy, uh, you know, these places of leadership, and they're they're hurting children. Um, and he just said, this is a ridiculous environment. You know, this environment is breeding uh, abusers and predators. And so he's, yeah, he basically has done everything he can to, everything he could to uh, bring about change, right? Mm-hmm. He did a hunger strike. I don't think he ate for like three weeks. Yeah, so he, yeah, I, I like it. I love the cause. I think it's, it's uh Great point. You know, even him, I've heard him come across angry and there's that fire in there. Mm -hmm. And you're right. um, This fire that burns inside of us. Otherwise, we just bitch about things. Mm -hmm. Like how many of you guys just have bitched about things, but you don't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. And that's because the level level of discomfort has not exceeded, um, you know, the status quo, so to speak. The level of discomfort has not moved you to the point of, I'm going to do something about this. It's just too scary. The discomfort has to outweigh the fear. Exactly, which goes along with something I just read in Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. He's talking about how if you're going to complain, you are basically just arguing with reality. You either stop complaining or you do something about it and, and you you speak up and you try you do your best to bring about change, whatever that might look like for you. And so I like that. That was just a good clarification of, yeah, like complaining doesn't do anything. So let's speak up in a positive, proactive way that can bring about change and bring about awareness around such things that people are too afraid to speak out about. So I'm going to leave you with the lyrics of Speechless from Aladdin. Can we say something right before you say that? Yeah. Because it's it's going it's going to lead into that. Like Crystal, what do you think do you if do you have anger about the way that the our religion treated women or treats women? Yeah. Why? Because it caused me to feel like I'm supposed to keep sweet. <laughs> just supposed to be nice and okay sure you know like it it does it does feel like I I wasn't allowed to have a voice you know and 
I didn't recognize that in the church, but now looking back, I'm like, whoa, like I just felt like I was taught to don't speak up. You know, if you're feeling a certain way, that means you need to. I love the in the Book of Mormon that that the Book of Mormon um play. It was so funny. Turn it off. Like a light switch. Turn it off. <laughs> so whatever you're feeling angry or upset, you turn it off. <laughs> and did you did you ever feel like women didn't play any kind of a predominant role in the church? Yeah. And how did that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. Now looking back, it's like, that's kind of lame that, you know, the dads are the ones who have the power of the priesthood and get to give the blessings before the kids go to school or when the kids are sick or when they're their baby blessing or baptism, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, gosh, men are pretty special in the church. <laughs> what do we get to do? You know, we get to go work in the nursery. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all I did in the church. I worked in the nursery. So yeah, it's just funny. I didn't recognize it when I was in, but now being out and looking back, I'm like, wow, I really didn't feel any value as a woman other than I'm supposed to have babies and I guess that did make me feel valued like I have the babies look at me I have babies you know <laughs> that's pretty much all I had to offer and and also the definitive roles like don't you think that the way that they define oh I mean historically they have defined the roles as the man is the provider and so a lot of women don't get educated and they don't pursue their passions and they don't learn any cool trades or skills like, how does that make you feel? Oh, yeah. And or even that I'm capable of being a provider. I've never even given that much thought. I thought before you and I met, like I had this idea that, OK, I could I could support myself. I can do that. You know, like I had this belief in my mind that I could support myself, but only until I meet a husband and then he's going to support me and and the family. I never thought after I get married that I might be a contributor to to our income in any way. And it was just not in my mind, you know? But now I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that, um, I didn't have any belief that I was capable of, of providing for a family. My whole life, I never even, the, the thought never even crossed my mind because it just didn't seem like that's something that women do. They don't provide for families. Right, okay, last one. Do you also, okay, so, you know the video we watched about David Bednar? Um, oh, with his wife. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Tell people what you saw. Like, what? How did it make you feel? Because I, I pissed me off as a man. Yeah. Like it really made me angry. Yeah. And so I can only imagine that from a woman's perspective. Yeah. There's this video on YouTube that we watched recently. It was just uh, Elder Bednar was speaking to some missionaries and they he was allowing them to ask questions and one sister missionary stood up and was like so how do you maintain humility as a prophet like how do you rely on the lord and um, re maintain that kind of humility and he says great question and he calls his wife up to the podium and's like answer go ahead and answer that question for me and you know she didn't answer the question you know, like sharing an experience that he had or like what she learned from, you know, an experience, you know, his, she didn't share it as in a way that was expressing the answer that I think the missionary was looking for. And so she basically got up and said, yes, I've, 
you know, I've been very prideful at times and I've been angry and um, felt like I couldn't do it or I couldn't be the... I resented being a mom. Yeah, she was having a hard time, you know, having babies and being a mom and she was struggling with, uh, struggling a lot in, in motherhood and... And so she's basically, her conclusion is... Supporting him in callings? Yeah, he had all these big callings, like their whole marriage. And so she would feel really resentful and angry. And then she'd be mad at herself and feeling very shameful about her anger and her feelings of overwhelm and like basically being forced to just do what he says, you know, how many kids they're going to have, what callings he's going to take on in the church. She has no say. He doesn't ask her. It's his world. Yeah. And so she just has to like follow along. Be like, And her mind, she's thinking, I'm so prideful and I'm just like, I shouldn't be complaining and there's something wrong with me. And she's feeling like she needs to repent and say sorry to the Lord that she's struggling. And that was her. We could share the link. I know. I should share the link. link, But but yeah. Didn't she, she came across like a battered woman. She did. She was very timid and she seemed like she, her voice was shaky and it was just like, and I just had to trust in the Lord. And it just made me feel so bad for her. It's just like, gosh, she, she, that's, that was his answer is let me, uh, my wife is a great example of somebody who's not humble. And <laughs> it's like, not only does he not answer the question and share his own life experience, but he has his wife get up and show everyone so now, how now i can sense your anger yeah <laughs> and that's He's like why you... i don't have a problem with being humble let me ask my wife <laughs> and that's why that's what i'm pointing out is that it's directed your anger and around that is not at him or the church it's just directed towards wanting to help these women that i mean essentially it's it's inequality it's abuse mm-hmm. and you want to save them Yeah. Okay, here are the lyrics to the song. Here comes a wave meant to wash me away, a tide that is taking me under, swallowing sand, left with nothing to say. My voice makes me feel like Bednor's wife right here. (laughs) She should read this. (laughs) My voice drowned out in the thunder, but I, I won't cry and I won't start to crumble. Whenever they try to shut me or cut me down, (laughs) I won't be silenced. I don't think I can read it now. Getting all emotional. (laughs) You can't keep me quiet. Won't tremble when you try it. All I know is I won't go speechless. Because I'll breathe. Can you read it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I should read it. (laughs) Because I'll breathe when they try to suffocate me. Written in stone, every rule, every word, centuries old and unbending. Stay in your place, better seen and not heard, but now that the story is ending. Try to lock me in this cage. I won't just lay me down and die. I will take these broken wings and watch me burn across the sky. Hear the echoing saying, I won't be silenced. You can't keep me quiet. Won't tremble when you try it. All I know is I won't go speechless. Those are good words. Oh my gosh. Okay, I think we shared everything. Cool. So, yeah, just in closing, I think we have found something productive, in my opinion, to, to direct our energy towards, and um, and we're really happy about that. And it's been a really, really fun experience. It's been so fulfilling um, on so many levels, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, I, I would just encourage you, if you have anger around certain things, then 
find something to direct that energy into. Yeah. Yeah. Because anger can be good. It can be good. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks again for joining us. Let me us. get the goddamn last word. Okay, <laughs> go. Look at that. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today. <laughs> no, I get the last word. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Cristo. <laughs> Joseph. Dear Smith. baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.